Ewa, welcome in back, America. Let's hear some um, Michael Cohen burning Trump. <laughs> okay. This is on the Tony Michaels podcast 227. I'm in. Let alone a, a, a Carl's Jr. out here in California. Oh, okay, I get you. I get you. Well, what, what? Here's another video. This was played on Fox News. Jeez, this is the other angle. So this is this the bullshit. Is the same, that he was, this is the same shit. This is a different angle. He's, he's live streaming, recording. Here, here's the context for it. He's doing a video, a live stream on Facebook simultaneously while he's doing the interview on the Lindell report that is on Lindell TV from FrankSpeech.com. Why so does he, he does just have another stream the fucking interview that Dude, I don't I don't know man I don't know this fucking guy okay let's let's listen here says, uh, FBI said show me your badges so they show one badge and said how about yours you know I'm, I, you know, I don't trust anybody like you know there's bad people well they do that and they said what do you want and, and uh said we need to talk to you so I pull over and uh <laughs> <laughs> oh lord and uh um we have more um more news in fast food and i i'd love to stay on mike lindell for i don't know hours <laughs> yeah but uh, there's, we, there's endless Aww. amounts of content and right i will have i'm working on a what was that to hopefully come out later today that is on exactly why mike lindell was uh had his phone seized from him uh-huh well I don't know if uh, the guy, the clown at the Dairy Queen in, in Pennsylvania had a phone on him, but uh, he definitely had a gun on him, and he was wearing a Trump wig. I mean, a clown wig. But listen to this report. Now, when I first watched this video, I'm like, what the hell is this about? It, tur- it takes a huge MAGA right turn um, at one point in this local news report. Watch this. And it's fortunate no one was hurt. Delmar police say this all started as a 911 call for an erratic driver along State Route 66. Police say the caller reported seeing a man wearing a safety vest and rainbow clown wig get out of his vehicle with a gun in his hand before walking into this Dairy Queen. Delmar police say an officer was nearby and responded immediately and met the man as he was coming out of the store, taking him into custody without incident. Police say the man had a loaded 40 caliber handgun in his pocket. Jesus. Search also found two more loaded handguns in his vehicle. When police asked him about the weapons, police tell us the man said he was, quote, undercover and working to restore Trump as president. Holy shit. He was armed to kill Democrats and liberals and protect himself from drug traffickers. The owner of the Dairy Queen declined to comment on the incident. The Delmont police chief tells us he believes his officer prevented a possible mass casualty type situation. Police did file charges. But they have not identified the Woosh. Oh, stay. So God. this guy, this guy is, he thinks he's undercover, so he's wearing a clown. And I, I misspoke. I said a flag <laughs> no jacket earlier, but I did. Right. Exactly. He's camouflaged. Um, he's got a clown wig on, but he's got a safety vest. So I'm assuming that it, maybe it's an orange or neon vest. I thought they meant black jacket earlier mm. when I watched it because I was so focused on the President King. What the hell is that President King? Well, that's King. the same type of stuff. You hear that time? Oh, the, the, we want to restore the MAGA King. Donald Trump I Jr., the guy who is fascinated, whether through its nepotism, desire to be rewarded through nepotism, or there's some other weird fucking... 
kink that he's into. But Don Jr. always sends out texts and emails that's like, hey, restore the MAGA king. Donate to the MAGA king. My dad is the MAGA king. Here's a photo of my dad is the MAGA king. It's fucking weird, man. There's a weird kind of obsession just because he's looking for his daddy's little love, you know? But in the same, the same... Christ. It's, it's the same language too. Kill Democrats and liberals that we saw during the January 6th committee hearings. Right, it's about, the QAnon stuff. It's right, kind of exactly. a right. Well, um, speaking of people who are worried about January 6th, it sounds like Laura Ingraham is a little concerned about everyone getting their cell phones seized. Uh, she had this lawyer. Uh, <laughs> You've done a couple <laughs> tweets about him here. Um, this this, guy, he's this so guy's a fucking idiot. But he, he, he's got the shittiest legal takes. Maybe we should do another uh, shitty oh, legal this is, on this. This day. will definitely be an episode of okay, shitty legal takes. Good. But um, um, this year, this is on Laura Ingraham's show, and they're talking about it, they're talking about phones being seized, and Laura seems very concerned that her phone might be seized. I don't know. I'm just saying. Let's watch. It's almost as if they're seizing phones of anyone who might have communicated with the president or anyone who's close with the president. She seems a little concerned here about if she, because remember, yeah, we saw the January 6th select committee um, out Sean Hannity and Laura Ingraham here texting, not the president, but Mark Meadows about, hey, you're destroying our reputation. So she knows how to communicate with the guy who she's concerned that could cause maybe her electronic device to be seized. Is that what you're getting here? That's the vibe. I I mean, that's exactly what I'm picking up. You would think that you would absolutely think that these fucking boneheads would understand why they're getting their phone seized and their houses legally searched. Like at a certain point, after observing all these other people who are like, oh, we found out they committed this crime, or they were doing this illegal thing, or they were doing this, you would think at a certain point they would go, oh, yeah, you know what? This makes total sense why they took my stuff. But no, they can't because they're like, we are the hero of this story. We're not the villain. We're right. the ones who are trying to repair and restore democracy, but we're actually trying to fucking steal it, you know? Right. It's Monday Night Wrestling, and we're the good guy. Wink. But listen to the listen to the take that this guy follows up with Laura's just frightened question here. Let's listen, because it, it oh, it's a shady legal take for sure. Am I on a limb here or what? This is scary stuff, Laura. We started out where they were going after Trump for non-crimes of keeping his presidential records at Mar-a-Lago. Okay. Okay. Non-crime. So this guy goes on. Fox News, Mike his Davis. His presidential his record. Yeah, Mike Davis. You know, not, not surprising that Mike, you know, Mike, Mike Davis is there. Are, Mike, yeah. he, also worked, he also worked for Gorsuch, too. Oh, did he really? Well, yeah, yeah, that's I think a, he was that's a, a, right. yeah. Yeah. What the fuck is Article 3 Project President? Article 3 Project is his group, his organization. Oh, and they, they're one of these, right? They got great hot takes, too. Yeah, if you look at their shit, but it's uh it's it's just an organization that he created that he's a founder, I believe. Uh and they come in and they, you know, they do consultant uh consultant kind of services for different people who commit crimes to try to PR yeah, out. Yeah, I mean like it's this right, you know, formulating the 
legal argument around why some right should be taken away from someone, you know? It's hilarious that you have to have probable cause to take these things. Now, regardless of what the investigation actually, you know, the fruit that bears the investigation, whether it's an indictment, a conviction, a prison sentence, whatever, you actually have to have probable cause. Now, we know that law enforcement is good about, um, you know, making a probable cause, but this guy is going a bit too far when he's saying the things that, that he's saying about non-crimes. Like, I love how he says non-crimes. It wasn't a big thing. Non-crimes. Okay, crime. look. No, there are no crimes committed. It's fine. Right. Non-crimes. Let's, let's listen. Uh, now they're going after his 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 supporters. They're going after his supporters for apparently the non-crime of questioning an election. You have to have a predicate crime in order to have grand jury subpoenas and warrants. Which, that's what they have. That's what oh they got, God. dude. Dude doesn't even realize that but it's, one, yeah. the shit is actually coming from... Does he think they fucking made this shit up? in the kitchen or something before they uh, walked dude, out i'm telling you when like when we were talking with jeff earlier this is this honestly it reminds me of uh national treasure it's this idea that they have to take the thing commit the crime to avoid the other person from taking the thing or committing the crime and this is an example right here it was like well it had to had to justify getting this uh getting people to ask the question of whether it was a fair election but by doing so we had to commit a crime to a question of it, whether it was a fair election. And that is the argument that they're trying to create. It's like, look, we had to commit it to show it was broken. For you guys look at it and say, hey, look, it's broken, right? And it's <laughs> not issue unless you broke it. It's the same thing where they break shit intentionally and then they, they, they have a band-aid fix. You're like, look, we fixed it a little bit. Uh, right? Look, there was a problem that we created and we, right. we fixed it. Right. <laughs> let's, let's continue with this hot take from Mike Generic Davis. What's the crime they're investigating? Questioning the election? We're not a third world Marxist. What is this third world Marxist help like bullshit? They keep trying to... I don't know. They just, it's just the buzzwords. It's just like how many, how many fucking freak out, you know, MAGA King buzzwords can we throw? It's almost like they're going to his 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 fraud social post to figure out how to write these scripts. It really is fucking... It, it is it is a jungle of of uh, of just buzzwords for sure. I mean, they're they just Trump buzzwords where he says Marxist, socialist, third world, hellhole, leftist, laptop from hell, like all of those things. You just throw them into a blender, and then this guy's like, "Yeah, let me throw a couple legal words around these." And I think I've won over the audience. It's good. We'll make it good. We'll make yeah. it good. I mean, we'll make it just the like, for sure. Right, the goodest Just of like ever the suit that was tossed out. Frivolous lawsuit. Speaking of. And another lawyer is going to bite the dust. Another corrupt lawyer. Ha, ha, ha. You know, you pointed out something earlier. He's the white dude standing in front of a, a, a line of women mm-hmm. talking about how he. If you just elect him and the Republicans and you put them in power, how he is going to take away your freedom. Let's listen to this nonsense. So I'll look forward to the debate. I'll look forward to the vote. If we take back the House and the Senate, I can assure you we'll have a vote on our bill. The Democrats are in charge. I don't know if we'll ever have a vote on our bill. So there it is. There it is, folks. The only reason you need to go vote is that if the Republicans take back power in the Senate, 
and the House, they will take away your freedom. That's what they want. That's what they're campaigning on. Mm-hmm. And if the Democrats get elected, they will codify your freedom and make sure that you have it yeah. from now until the end of time. There's a difference. Your choice yeah. is autocracy or democracy here. It's just absolutely flabbergasting that yeah. Lindsey Graham walks straight into this. Or is, or am I just off my fucking No, I mean, like, he walks straight up, said as a white man who's never experienced any of these things that a woman will, and says, hey, well, you know what, I think we should have a national ban. You know, despite, again, when we talked to Jeff earlier in the show, he was like, yeah, this is all a state's right issue is what they were debating and saying it should be. And now they're saying this should actually be a national ban. So, again, Republicans will go back on their word, contradict, be hypocrites, reject that is the playbook that they go by and they look at themselves as, oh no, we're, we're the ones who fix the problem, right? Like, give us the right to to rule over you and we will remove your rights. It's basically the, the party platform of the Republican Party right now. One more thing before we go, and I mentioned it in the first A block, before we go to Michael Cohen, because after the break here, we're going to bring on Michael Cohen, nice. former attorney of Donald Trump, and I'm going to ask him, I'm going to ask him about the D.C. trip to the golf course, what the secret meeting was about, what he thinks that meeting was about, but also we're going to ask him about Berman and his book tour and how he's making these accusations. I'm going to find out more about that, but... Um, JoJo from Jersey, she's a friend of the show here. Mm-hmm. She went to the White House yesterday. There was pictures yeah. of her with, with the president, uh, Joe Biden. It didn't seem like he was dark Brandon at that point. He was well, just yeah, Joe Biden. He was, it was out right. in the daylight, so. Right, right, because he kind of switches back and forth right. between dark He had the sunglasses on, so you couldn't right. see the laser oh, eyes. Yeah, I see, thing. I see what it is. Yeah. Well, if you want, speaking of dark Brandon, if you want some dark Brandon merch, do, go to store.dtonymichaels.com. Get your dark Brandon t-shirts, hoodies coffee mugs and stickers these dark brandon shirts are flying off the shelf mm-hmm. everyone likes this exclusive design we have here for these dark i'm gonna brandon make you guys shirts. another Don't one miss our design yeah. you want to wear that everywhere but joe says here i guess my description of how joe biden smells triggered crackhead snowflakes confession i have been drinking literally newsweek wrote a story about how she tweeted that joe biden smelled because someone asked her under the picture, this is what Newsweek is following up on here as our democracy is burning, as Jeff said. I don't understand this. Now, I'm just pointing this out because Joe is a friend of the show. In the last commercial we played, uh, Trucker Convoy, Joe wrote that commercial. She, or she wrote that script. Um, you do the intro. You edited it. And I do the I do Bob. She does Tammy. Mm-hmm. Um so I, we're, Joe is a friend of the show here, and we love Becky Sue. Becky Sue, the character that Joe does, has been on the show in yeah. the satire form. But Gabe, can I, can you tell me? Is this fucking? What what are they doing? What what are they I doing? Don't know. I well, I think no, they have obviously with everything they have a difficulty of understanding what is like. She's making. She's like, oh yeah, he smelled mice, right? But she's going to exaggerate it as part of a thing to be like, oh, you smell like hot cocoa when you're sitting in front of a fireplace and it's snowing outside and the kids are running around the house having fun. There's, you know, joy of us and all this stuff. Like, she's giving detail to add to the joke, which is he doesn't smell like shit like Trump, right? Because that's what she's getting at. She's saying, oh, he smells good. Right, well, it's easier well, the other thing is like, makes me warm and safe that there's like a normal... Decent, which that's a fucking low bar. Yeah. Normal, decent person with empathy at the head of our state, which is crazy, which is yeah. crazy because the exact opposite 
is we have the Cheeto Dust Mobster, Grandpa Poopy Pants, Donald Trump himself, apparently, apparently, Gabe, we, we watched some video of him maybe having secret meetings on a golf course in D.C. There was big fanfare when he landed no golf in clubs. D.C. No golf clubs. He had golf shoes on when he landed. Some people thought he was being arrested, indicted. Some thought maybe he was going to Walter Reed. But it seems like he was having meetings on the golf course. We're going to talk to Michael Cohen, Donald Trump's former attorney, about that. And not only that, but about Bernie and Michael Cohen's new book coming out. It's so he can't be booked. So stick around, everyone. Right Probably this um, going Cohen there to meet right with his... Don't go anywhere. His people right after these messages. to see about <coughs> getting read what to, yeah, to conspire. Because we'll he conspires some more. Shit. The stupid doge won't lock these mofos up. Call the doge. TRT 514 we know what you would do. You'd reach out and give that true American a hand. Now, here's your chance. For only $50 a day, you can help us help those true Americans recover from Biden's socialist reign of terror. These are those Trump supporters. And this is that moment. Send your donation via Venmo to the real president, Donald J. Trump. It's only $50 a day. Recurring. And it means you'll get these Trump supporters the critical help they so desperately need to survive under this false regime. Please donate now, because those Trump supporters you just saw can't wait another moment. Fuck them, fuck them, fuck them, fuck them, fuck them, fuck them. We're back to the Tony Michaels Podcast. To the show. Thanks all for sticking through the break. Very special guest today. Going to give us some insight, hopefully, on this uh, DC golf course trip to Virginia. But he's also going to talk about uh, Berman and Gabe. I got to show you this tweet from Michael Cohen. He says, he says here, uh, he says, many are asking me why Mr. Mushroom Butter was at his DC golf course which is really in Virginia. He says to play golf. My sources say he was meeting with two lawyers in secrecy. Trust being in their offices, probably because of like recording devices. Uh-huh. Because there are no golf yeah. clubs on the co- on the cart. So he pointed this out uh, in this picture. And you see here the Cheeto Dust Mobster running around the golf course in golf shoes, mind yeah. you. Golf attire, if that's what you call this, with no golf. What was he golfing with? I don't know. Let's, I don't let's know. do this. There's actually another photo I want to get uh, uh, Michael's uh, feedback on you. But yeah, sure. Well, let's let's do this. Let's bring in Michael Cohen. Michael, how are you? Hey, Tony. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great, my friend. Listen, there's a lot of Which fanfare of why he landed in D.C. Everyone was speculating that night. It was late at night. A lot of people didn't have the information. They didn't know why he was there. I believed certain things at the time because Donald Trump really doesn't go anywhere without the red carpet rolled out, right? So I knew that there was something afoot. So tell us about when you heard the news that he landed in D.C. when there was no real fanberry at golf shoes on. Everyone's like, what the hell is going on? What's your first initial thought when you you watch that video? Okay, so we need to refer to him with his proper name as Mr. Mushroom Hunter. 
Right. Uh, that's that's the start. Of course, that's a combination of his golfing acumen and his sexual relationship with Stormy Daniels. All right, just to, in case your your followers, your viewers uh, were unaware, but I didn't. Uh, I refused to comment, and so many different people had asked me, you know, what do I think was going on here? Why was Trump there? You know, I saw uh, a sheriff's vehicle. I saw, um, you know, other people outside of Secret Service. And I didn't want to start to speculate because at the end of the day, a lot of people who did speculate looked very stupid. Um, why was he there? My sources told me that... He didn't want to go to meet with two lawyers regarding a, and I don't know which case it is considering he's got a slew of them right now. So he didn't want to go to their offices because he didn't want people to know that he was in D.C. and that um, yeah, he was there at a law firm, which of course in his mind uh, automatically implicates him again in something. And so he would, he wanted to have, it's almost like a power play, very much like what he did or tried to do with Tish James by having the Secret Service claim that going to Tish James' office downtown would pose a security risk for him. Uh, so he likes things on his own terms. Uh, he didn't get it uh, with the Attorney General here in New York, but when you're paying your lawyers, assuming he's even paying, it's okay to get them to come out to Virginia to his Trump National D.C. golf course to see him to talk about, obviously, his strategy. Well, I've got a picture here that Gabe has uh, shown us. Uh, here it How is. How you doing there, Gabe? Hey, good. Uh, so here's the picture, Michael, of them on the golf course. Now, they got some flags, no golf clubs. It looks like maybe some grounds people. I don't know if they're, like, plotting out another burial site or something uh, where he can bury more documents. Uh, but what, what, what the hell is going on here in this picture? I tried to tell this to people all the time. The Trump Organization was not Mafia 8. There was no killings and hidings of bodies and burying them in Central Park or on the sure? golf course. So on. How do you so know that? If we could also add that picture back in if people can still see me. So let me sort of walk you through. Obviously, you see Donald right there. You see the tall guy to his right in the picture? That's Eric Trump. You see the little guy next to Eric? That's Lawrence Glick. Larry Glick runs golf at the Trump Organization. Rest assured, one of these guys is probably Secret Service. That would be probably the guy in, in white, uh, considering he looks like he's in good shape. But the rest of the guys, especially the one holding <laughs> the golf course markers, the guy is, is, he's not looking to figure out where they're going to bury somebody like Michael Cohen, you know, or maybe moving Ivana's body from Bedminster to Washington, D.C. because it's a better view of Trump. probably talking about, in my estimation, Trump is losing the ability, thanks to uh, Mayor Eric Adams, to use the Trump golf course, the Lynx golf course in Surrey Point which is in Yonkers, uh, for a little golf tournament. That's probably what's happening. They're trying to figure out, you know, where to go, what to do. Now, let me say this to you also. Donald Trump likes an audience. That should be nothing new to you, nothing new to your viewers. 
He likes an audience. So That's an understatement of the century. He got the general manager. He has his son there, Larry Glick, blah, blah, blah. And they're all standing there listening to this Talmud Chacham, right, which is a Yiddish word for a genius amongst geniuses, pointing out where he wants to move a fucking flag to or where he wants to move the, you know, or the, the hole in the And who knows what he was talking about because they all are fucking bored out of the head. Right? It's just, it is what it is. They're all sitting there, especially the guy in the purple at the end, right? He's like, oh, God, can somebody talk to me? I can't listen to this shit anymore. Right? I mean, he looks as disinterested as we all are in the Mike Lindell taking of his phones, the poor bastard. Right? I mean, that's that's really the truth. And so, no, this is not a group of mafia guys figuring out anything. They're just a group, they're a group of athletes, including the former president, trying to figure out where to move a tea box. That's about what this is all about. And the reason that Donald likes the big audience is because there are members that are going to be playing through. And so, of course, because Donald's there and there's still members of his eponymous golf course and a bunch, obviously, of stupid, sycophantic maggots, what are they doing? They're setting it up so that he looks like he's busy and important so that these people who post this crap, right, see Donald with a slew of people around him. You probably could have done this with just the guy holding the flags, you know, the, uh, the team markers. Right, you see him there in in the uh, the maroon or red red shirt, uh, Michael. <laughs> because I looked at this picture and I was like, uh, these don't look like mobsters to me. It really looked like to me either he was saying where he wanted to move a body uh, that is at Bedminster, or he was like, I can't hit this hole good enough. Can we move it closer? Can we move it closer so I look better? Because we know he cheats oh, and golf like he yeah, cheats Tony, and So else. what would be the difference? He cheats anyway. Did you ever see, there's a video out there of Trump standing on, obviously, one of his courses on the tee. Uh, and they asked him, uh, oh, Mr. President, Mr. President, though he's not the president. How many times have you had a hole in one in your life? And you know what this lying sack of shit says? Seven. <laughs> Seven times he's hit hole in ones, right? It's just not true, right? And the funniest, then they ask Eric Trump, how many have you hit? And he goes, yeah, I haven't had one yet. I haven't been lucky enough. I mean, the guy will lie about anything. I mean, it's truly incredible that he has no, he has no, Function not to lie, regardless of how irrelevant it is. Do you really care, right, if you have a hole in one or not? Is your name going up on some sort of a plaque, you know, um, you know, somewhere other than in one of your golf course bathrooms? Well, he might make one. He might make yeah. one. He might yeah, make one. I mean, he didn't put himself on Time Magazine, right? So well, that is true. <laughs> At but, least once. Right. Well, so. And by the what? way, he happens to be the greatest lover in all, in all of the, the world. Oh, Just sure. you know, ask uh, oh, ask Marla, uh, who attested to that in the New York Post. Oh, oh my God, uh, Michael. So I want to get back a little bit to these two lawyers because I think I think the distraction of him, you know, figuring out if he's going to be able to have the Saudis at this golf course because he gave them all these classified documents possibly and you know he's got to receive his payment somehow maybe I, I don't know i'm just i'm just snowballing there um what about the two lawyers makes significance that he's in this at this golf course that's so close to dc what do you think is the significance because it feels like to me when you did because you did a video that you put around on social media about this 
feels like there is some significance in that, at least. I know we're joking about, you know, him standing here with a bunch of buffoons, you know, trying to mark where he can be better at golf. But really, at the heart of this, what do you think that the lawyers meeting close to D.C., what do you think the significance of that is? Yeah, it probably has to do with either okay. interrogatories that he is required to respond to, possibly even a subpoena. But again, you know, I hate these hypotheticals. And that's one of the things, the damaging things that Trump has done to this country, more so almost than anything. He's made us second guess every single thing that's happening, whether it's the DOJ, whether it's Congress, it doesn't make a difference. He makes us second guess and all of these hypotheticals. The, the number of, of emails and text messages and tweets and you name it asking me about this group of schlemiels that are standing there and why you know it's to me again it's making us double think our lives and the fact that our government is there to serve us so i believe that it's probably and again i hate these hypotheticals but as i did say it on my tweet my source told me that he then later in you know in the day met with two lawyers, uh, probably lawyers that are working on one of the plethora of cases that are now uh, confronting him. Well, and I think that's that's important, too, is that um, at a time where, you know, and, and that's what told, that's what I took from the landing of him in D.C., like a time where he's under so many investigations, and I would play the video of Sean Hannity giving us every single investigation that he's under on Fox News, which was incredible, by the way. It was incredible that he would just be like, hey, you want to know how many crimes Trump is being investigated for? Here's a whole list. And it took what like Sean should minutes. have said there, Tony, is these are the crimes that Trump is actually guilty of, but he hasn't been charged yet with all of them. He's already been charged with, obviously, the tax evasion, bank fraud, misrepresentation, and so on by um, our Attorney General Tish James. The Trump Organization goes to trial uh, in October regarding uh, the same exact the same exact thing, the inflation of his net worth, and the deflation of the assets for tax purposes. And that's by um, started by Cy Vance and now being continued by Alvin Bragg. You also have coming up, and I believe it may even be tomorrow, you have um, Tom Barrick's case, uh, which has to do with the presidential inaugural committee as well as other um, you know, matters that he's being looked into. I mean, every single one of those, we all know in our in the pit of our stomach that Donald is guilty of these, but yet somehow the tough on this, you know, this snake in the grass has managed to escape or not so much as escape as to delay the prosecution, very much like what he's trying to do with the Mar-a-Lago raid, where they came and they took documents. Again, as a as a former lawyer, so that I was disbarred for him, you know, getting his picture pulled by a porn star. What what is what's happening here is it's amazing that he and even the judges, Eileen Cannon, believe that Donald Trump can declare privilege over stolen documents that don't belong to him. I mean, if you're not scratching your head and saying, "What the fuck?" Seriously? So it's almost like I would go into a bank, steal money. And I would say before I send the money over to you, before you're allowed to take the money from me, I want you to identify every single serial number and the fact that I didn't say that it's not all mine. I'm just saying that some of it is mine and therefore I'm entitled to hold the money back.
I mean, it's just that stupid. And how they managed to get away with it, I don't know. But what's worse is that it could potentially delay um, the case even further. And knowing the way Trump likes to do it, considering I was involved in creation of that playbook, oh, he's going to try to look to delay this thing for like a year. But fortunately, you know, we have uh, an excellent, excellent Congress member who heads the House Oversight Committee, and I'm referring to Carolyn Maloney. Now, Carolyn Maloney put forth yesterday a document demanding that NARA, which is the uh, National Archives, that they send Trump a letter. And in that letter, it was a fabulous, you should go and look for it. It was a letter to NARA from Carolyn Maloney on behalf of the House Oversight Committee, to which she chairs stating that she and the committee want NARA to send a letter to Trump demanding that he, under oath and pursuant and subject to the penalties of perjury, file a document, an affidavit, stating that there are no additional documents in his possession, that he is unaware of the location of any documents on off-site locations, as well as the fact that he is unaware of anyone else who may have seen or have possession of these classified documents. Now, he's not going to sign that no matter what, which, of course, implicates him. Otherwise, why would you not sign it? Look, I would sign it. I know I never gave any of these top-secret documents to anyone. I've never shown them because I've never had possession. The fact that he probably would not do that would really be an indication that he, you know, that he has done it. And now we have to find out what actual documents are missing from those multitude of top secret folders that when open 43 were empty. empty here's that uh, here's that story here chairman chairwoman uh, maloney asked nara uh, to ass assess missing presidential records from former president trump he keeps saying this this presidential records act like this presidential records act is a thing that's going to protect him, but it's actually the the law that he broke, or one huh. of them. Well, you also have him and, you know, TV lawyer Jim Trusty on brilliant. TV saying, brilliant. Article 2, Article 2, guys, Article 2 gives him all the power. We're actually going to be looking into Article 2. Like, they keep saying, criminal like, mind. that is not what Article 2 gives you as a president in terms of power. That, that is no way. I mean, but it's typical Trump to be like, look, if I say it enough times, then it's true, right? Like, if I post it enough times on True Social or I post it on Facebook or whatever you know, for other people to post, it becomes true, right? Well, then you have, sure, but then you have Alina Haba out there, and if you can oh, find yeah. that clip, that's probably one of the best oh, clips do we have that I've ever seen. So Alina Haba's out there basically stating that Donald Trump, despite the fact he is not the president any longer, has absolute... Um, immunity, he has executive privilege, and that he has absolute immunity from any prosecution, and that he was entitled to do what he wanted because, well, first of all, he declassified every document, which we know is not true, considering there's a process that goes on, and nobody, other than Donald Trump himself, because remember, there were probably three people there, right? Um, and if you're Donald, it's like me, myself, and I testing for the fact that, yes, I did say it. Just ask me, and I will tell you. And it's unbelievable. The guy many, is truly, he's not, because many smart people have heard me say it. And so <laughs> is he talking about?
about me, myself, and I are those yeah, the people? Many people are saying. <laughs> many people. I said, I, 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 I could question. I could question that I stole, that I shouldn't be the man. I, you know, I'm allowed to do that. I have total, I have total power. I'm the king. I mean, that's really the problem, folks, is the fact that the guy legitimately didn't see himself as the 45th president of the United States. He saw himself as this monarch or this king. And, you know, that's legitimately what he wants. And the saddest, the saddest of these maggots that is still running around, believing that Donald is really the president and he's pulling the strings of Joe Biden. I mean, some of these people really should be, you know... um, Put into a psych ward because if you can truly believe that it's hard to imagine what these people actually do and that they have to interact with the public well you know back to the president king thing because um you've been speaking out against uh, Berman, and um i think this story is kind of getting shoveled to the to the side here but you're trying to bring it to the forefront um, tell us about Berman's book and what he's saying and really what what is coming out of the SDNY it seems strange well I guess not with Bill Barr and Donald Trump but the President King the Monday King as it were but tell us about what's going on over there okay so actually I cover this topic in tremendous detail I have a book that's coming out on October 11th and in fact yesterday I got the first I got the first book I want to own signed copy man so they sent it to me the rest are now in shipment over to Amazon Barnes and Noble and various other I'll show it to you I was so I was so happy yeah yes I mean the graphic version if anyone wants to go to binge-thebook.com we got the link in the in the uh, in the description there too I know you can go to Amazon you buy your books, but I do this in great detail. Now, let me just jump into Jeffrey Berman for a second. The book is bullshit. I don't even know a nicer way to say it as it relates to me. First and foremost, as I have been saying all along, that the Southern District of New York, who call themselves the Sovereign District of New York, they act in a manner which is really inconsistent with law. The problem, though, is that they are the law. It's their baseball field. It's their bat. It's their ball. It's their plates, right? And it's their... It's, it's, their team and so you're basically a loner and that's what happened you know especially to me when i tried i never knew what they were charging for they raided my property um you know they took 10 million documents from me right i was given by judge um jones who is also up for potentially being the special master in trump's case on mar-a-lago which would be interesting uh, I, I was given 40 days to go through 10 million documents and i did it in less than that so you could imagine that the 11,000 documents that trump you know has to go through to de- you know to claim it's not client attorney client should be very very easy more than a week okay going back to jeffrey Burns. relationship with David Pecker. And they used David Pecker in order to testify against me to a grand jury, um, despite the fact that they obviously knew of the relationship between uh, Jeffrey Berman's brother and David Pecker uh, as had something to do with George Magazine. And I believe Michael Berman is actually Jeffrey Berman's brother. Point, in fact, it goes on. And then you have all of this in, you know, interference by Bill Barr, who in essence is Jeffrey Berman's boss, being told by the 
Attorney General Bill Barr's thought, Donald Trump, that we want to have these matters reversed, uh, even after the plea, which I was forced to take the plea. And all of this, by the way, folks, is in the sentencing memo that I gave to the judge, who didn't give a shit. Judge William H. Pauley III, he didn't care. The prosecutors knew it, and they wanted to bury it. And they didn't care. I gave them the documents. I gave them everything showing. I don't, unlike Manafort, I never had money overseas, fake invoices. And all of this is covered in incredible detail, including documents that just that demonstrate that what they did is they put a gun to my head and said on a Friday at 5.30 p.m., if you don't plead guilty to what we tell you to plead guilty tomorrow, because right, even they didn't know, we're filing an 85-page indictment and we're going to include your wife. And when I found out what they were going to get my wife for, when Trump was paying me back the 35000 per month for the work that I, you know, for the outlaying the money with Stormy Daniels and some other things, I was the subject second time of uh, identity theft. And we knew who the guy was. I have pictures of him. The FBI, the secret service, everybody was looking. They all knew where he lived. Nobody grabbed him yet, which made no sense to me. So what happens is we froze all of my personal accounts because the guy was running around with a driver's license, a New York driver's license, with all of my information on it uh, and his picture. And he was cleaning out my bank accounts. I think he took like $11,000 until we shut it all down. So instead, um, what happened is I gave my wife the checks that would come in and she would deposit it into the account that I took my name off of that had her name only. So they were going to indict her as a co-conspirator Now, I'm married 28 years. Love this woman with all my heart and there was no way I was going to let these bastards from the Southern District of New York, this Tom McKay, Nick Ruth, Andrea Griswold, the whole bunch of fucking assholes that they are. No way I was going to let them go after my wife, handcuff her, process her, take her downtown. That shit is not going to happen. And so I said, all right, just tell me what you want me to plead guilty to. In fact, if you want me to plead guilty, I can close out the Lindbergh baby kidnapping by, you know, or the Lufthansa heist by taking responsibility for that too. When they said to me, well, we'll find you funny. And I said, I don't fucking find you guys funny either. In fact, anyone who ever threatened my wife other than somebody sitting there with a badge inside of a courthouse, I would knock the shit out of you, you scumbags. But lo and behold, they work with the judge. The system is so fucking corrupt, and I talk about it in great detail. In fact, on page 95 of the book, I talk about it. Um, you know, this is just one part. The U.S. Attorney's Office there has a long, notorious history of being independent. In fact, SDNY has said to stand for the sovereign district of new york by many criminal defense attorneys this by the way is not meant as a compliment but rather an attack on the way they conduct themselves they act in a manner that is completely independent from any judicial body which is why trump attempted to get jeffrey berman the head of the criminal division there to resign which he refused the question needing to be asked is why would the president of the united states be so focused on this one facet of the Justice Department other than for the reason that it was the court prosecuting my case. All right? That's the only reason that they wanted it. He wanted to reverse two charges, the campaign finance violations, which would then go ahead, 
remove him from any accountability as what I deem to be co-conspirator number one, right? Therefore, he can say everything that Michael Cohen is doing is designed to get him a lesser sentence at my expense, and that all of the illegalities that Michael did has to do with his tax issue. Which, by the way, and it's also part of the book, something that I talked about at length at my in the uh, in the uh, sentencing document as well as on television. I am I have never filed a late tax return in my life. I have never not paid taxes. In fact, I've never been audited in my life. Never had an overseas bank account. Never had an overseas invoice nominee. Any of the items that would constitute, you know, what's called tax evasion. Was there a tax omission? Yes, there was. Whose mistake was it? It's my accountants. I would give him three ring notebooks tabulated with every single bank statement showing every single deposit. I want to go one step further because I talked about this in Revenge as well. And I certainly, I, I write the book not because I'm trying to exonerate myself. I did my time. I've lost everything from my family's happiness to more money than I even care to disclose. But nevertheless, what I want to prevent is this bullshit happening to anybody else. All right. This should never have happened. In fact, Judge Rakoff, who you know talks about this all the time, also acknowledges, and I have quotes from him in the book, acknowledges that the system is broken and that there are significant changes that need to be made to ensure that no other narcissistic sociopath, president, wannabe dictator can ever do to anybody ever again. And I believe that all of these prosecutors instead of going from their jobs as prosecutors, going to like the million dollar jobs at Lowenstein, Sandler, McDermott, Will and Emery, uh, Davis Polk, Paul Weiss, Guggenheim partners, right? They should not be interested in their prosecution rate, but rather uh, in their success rate, but rather in prosecuting cases, not convictions. And that's really what the book does. It's in order to open up people's eyes to what happens when you have somebody like a Donald Trump, and there are others like him, like Ron DeSantis, all right, who could be even worse. This is what happens yeah. when... Thanks, Michael. Thanks for your service.
Do you know about the payments that Donald Trump has made for abortions? No. Uh, and in fact, I don't believe that he did, at least certainly not in my tenure that was there. Um, it's just it's just not true. Um, you know, He's I probably know infertile. That, I mean, like that he's another question that because he does so much coke and blow and should uh, be considering when they look at Trump is whether or not he meth. actually he's is basically a fucking meth head or he's pro-life and the answer is he is pro-choice why because he doesn't give a shit what you do he doesn't care about you this is a guy that wouldn't cross the street with a bottle of water to put you out of if you were on fire because he doesn't give a fuck for god's sakes and people have to understand you know, what he did is he used what was important to the white Southern Christian coalition, the evangelical group and others. He, he used what was important to them so that he could start to amass a base that would support him both as far as the votes as well as monetarily. And it's the same group of idiots that are out there right now giving him hundreds of millions of dollars to a pack that they never even read the fine print doc, which of course most people don't read fine print, but when it comes to Trump, they gotta read everything. He is entitled to 90% of every dollar, 90 cents on every dollar to use at his discretion. So folks, do you know what that means? That means that he's keeping 90 cents of every dollar that you donate. And that's, it's, I mean, it's truly a, a disgraceful thing for a former president to do. You know, most former presidents they go out in style in class they go to other countries they help with a cause donald trump is helping with a cause too it's called his left pocket his right pocket it is it is disgusting criminal misconduct so what Just does he end up doing in order to in general this criminal fucking misconduct Christian coalition they gave him a list of judges who are all you know all think and behave exactly the same and all believe that Roe v. Wade should not have been decided that it should be a state's right. Uh, it's just the beginning of the problems thanks to now a lopsided Supreme Court. Well, I appreciate the answer there, Michael, yeah. and, and playing ball with me on that question because I've wanted to ask you for a long time. Uh, do me a favor. Uh, give, us, give us the best pitch you got for your book one more time uh, before we go. Revenge, I believe, like disloyal, uh, is truly, it's a must read. And I, I ask people just to go to revenge-thebook.com. Read the forward and the afterward. Very interesting, by the way. The afterward, uh, I didn't write the forward I wrote. Uh, the afterward is written by uh, Norm Eisen, uh, as well as by Danya Perry. And so I think you'll find it very interesting. But what it does is it's a forensic analysis that takes you from the very, very beginning, which was the fake uh, allegations of me. Uh, in the Steele dossier, I've never been to Prague, and the number of journalists that got that wrong because it benefited them, all the way to the unconstitutional remand against me uh, for refusing to waive my First Amendment constitutional right, making me the first political prisoner held in my own country because I wouldn't waive my constitutional right. America's first political prisoner. Scenario and shows you exactly who was involved why they were involved, backed up with documents and evidence and, and um, footnotes. And so it is truly a read that I want people at the end of the day to come. And not I'm not looking for people to feel sorry for me or to pity me for what happened. I want to ensure that this never, ever, ever happens again.
first and last, hopefully the first and last political prisoner.
Listen up, because we're going to do this with the rest of the GOP traders. A commissioner in New Mexico got removed and barred from office under the 14th Amendment. A judge ordered it. Let's remove the rest before midterm. Great news for the Democrats. Listen up, because we're going to do this with the rest of the GOP traders. A commissioner in New Mexico got removed and barred from office under the 14th Amendment. A judge ordered it. Let's remove the rest before midterm. Great news for the Democrats. Listen up, because we're going to do this with the rest of the GOP traders. A commissioner in New Mexico got removed and barred from office under the 14th Amendment. A judge ordered it. Let's remove the rest before midterm. Great news for the Democrats. Listen up, because we're going to do this with the rest of the GOP traders. A commissioner in New Mexico got removed and barred from office under the 14th Amendment. A judge ordered it. Let's remove the rest before midterm. And this is Tony Michaels. Hey, Tony. Great news for the Democrats. Listen up, because we're going to do... for the Democrats. Listen up, because we're going to do this with the rest of the GOP traders. A commissioner in New Mexico got removed and barred from office under the 14th Amendment. A judge ordered it. Let's remove the rest before midterm. Great news for the Democrats. Listen up, because we're going to... Great news for the Democrats. All the indications are that registration is up in this country, and it ain't Again, files a motion 
delay his trial, which is set for, I believe, the 27th or the 29th. The actual number escapes me. I believe it's the 29th, maybe the 27th. Maybe that's a, a Monday or Tuesday. One of those days, the end of this month, the very last week of this month, Stuart Rhodes and the Brown Boys will start their trial. January 6th Select Committee drops a video today about the Brown Boys, what they knew. <laughs> the Oath Keepers and the Brown Boys court coordinating. But in the video, you will see Stuart Rhodes, the founder of the Oath same fucking thing at this point. I mean, when they came together on January 6th and met in the garage and Enrique Tario and Stuart Rose were making out in the garage, didn't they just become one organization at that point? They actually showed the footage, a little bit of the footage from the garage, where Stuart Rose and Enrique Tario were playing footsie with each other in the parking garage on January 5th, planning their attack on the Capitol. Planning the coup attempt Cheeto Dust Monster. Speaking of Cheeto Dust Monster, we found out why we found out why Grandpa Poopy Pants went to D.C. yesterday. He had to go um, scope out a new burial plot for the next casket that he's going to fill up 